Man, my, my elf needs food badly. Oh man, you need to come over here and check out this other game they just got. It's called Contra. No way, man. Yeah. This is where it's at. This is Golden Axe. Ah, Contra, on, man. It's 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 pretty cool, man. It's like my Rambo. My mom said mach- my mom said machine guns are bad. I I don't know. Uh, nothing's I mean, bad. Rambo is awesome. He's all American. It gets the commies, man. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Where's Tr? Well, I don't know. I think he's like. Where did he? Oh, you know what? I think he's grounded. Grounded? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Dude, what's in the uh, back? Oh, dude. Check this out. So I went to this, like, game store that just opened up called the Archive Dive. Yeah. What? And, yeah. And say, you know what they had? What did they, they have? What is they that? Had, they had the second printing of World of Greyhawk. No way. That's been out of print for years. No, no. Supposedly they did another uh, limited run of it, and and I was able to get it. I mowed yards for like three weeks. That's the one that TR's uncle was playing, right? Yeah. So I want to try to run it this weekend. You in? Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Of course. Sweet. Are you able to chip in on some pizza? Well, I got some quarters here, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, how about this? You bring the Mountain Dew. Okay. I can do that. Okay. All right. Uh, it hurts me to even think of myself as being that young. Well, we were all that young once, Jeff. At some point we were, yeah. Yes. We are all young and spry and didn't hurt ourselves when we were waking up from going from sleeping. Yes. Do you, you know what else we didn't get to do back then? What's that? Welcome, people, to Game Store Profits, where we talk about God gaming and groups and i am your host daniel along with my co-host jeff romo greetings earthlings so uh jeff how you been doing buddy i haven't seen you in a while it's been a little bit it's been a spell yeah as as yeah i'm doing okay it's been uh it's been a little while of uh real life a few doses of that um, a couple of doses of some uh, recordings, uh, a couple of doses of editing, but uh, I'm, I'm happy to say that I have survived. Cool, cool. I've been I've been currently remodeling the house. It finally got onto the market, and well, so yeah. we're now we're now looking for a new house. And one of the requirements is a place to paint miniatures, play, <laughs> uh, and a place to play Dungeons and Dragons and Warhammer. So. It's kind of hard to like look that up and try and find it on the uh, on the website. You know, you're like, okay, it's got a pool. Hey, honey, it's got a pool. Uh, okay, three bedrooms. Right? No, There's no basement. No, no basement. No basement. <laughs> no miniature painting. Yeah. So uh, we've actually, uh, I've actually walked out of houses, and the first thing I ask is like, is there a basement? Nope. All right, turn around and walk out. You know, uh, perspective perspective sellers could take that many ways. Yes. Yep. <laughs> but you know my archive dive today it is true i have purchased the world of greyhawk so wait a second so we're already going to just jump right into the archive dive yeah i mean i've already mentioned it in the intro okay well, anyway so i've you know i've been collecting the um 
uh, first edition Dungeons and Dragons books. And right. So you've got more first edition Dungeons and Dragons books than I have broken ColecoVisions. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, but ColecoVisions break real easy too. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do. I do have over in a box next to me two Atari Twenty Six Hundred. I have the Wood Green Edition and the Darth Vader Edition. What? Get out yes. of here! Are they still functional? Yeah. So why isn't that the archive dive? <laughs> because they're sitting in a box. Because I've got to get some uh, hardware for them. Oh, I've got to get okay. a new switch right. for one, and I've got to get a plug for the other. You know, you can you can just go to the store and buy one that has it's like forty dollars, and it uh, comes with everything. But I've ever it's made. not the Darth Vader Edition. If you squint real hard. Oh, hush. Um, <laughs> but no, seriously, I, I picked up a reprint of... Actually, it's a print-on-demand from uh, Draft2RPG of uh, The World of Greyhawk. I haven't got to play it yet, but um, I've been reading it, and I've been very excited about it. And um, I do have... Something about it upsets me. I can tell. I mean, you're you're shaking your fist at me right now. Well, yeah, I mean... So, okay, so you remember the old school D&D modules uh, usually was a um, couple papers stapled together, and then there was a cardboard cover that came off, and there was your map. Right, right, right. Well, they don't do that. They print it all as one softbound book, and all the maps are on pages. And so you can't get the maps out and unfold any large maps that they have in there or unfold the big map that's usually on the inside of the front cover and back cover. Now, could you could you like remove the staples or something? No, and it's glued, it? or is it all separate it's, pages? It's a glued, glued. Oh, it's a glued it, everything's job. glued in. So, okay. so um, right. you know, now I will say I only bought the print on demand book, which means that um, I didn't get the free PDF with it. But there's World of Greyhawk maps out there that are free that are drawn by fans that you can print off. Oh yeah, that's how I'm going to handle that that issue. But the uh, yeah, if you if you decide to go that route, which I am actually going to do that for a few more modules that I cannot find. I mean, the book's great. It looks great. It looks better than anything, you know, I can get on eBay that's all wrinkly and stained with I don't know what, but the um but there's a few few other modules I'm gonna get. But yeah, you just gotta be wary of that people about those maps. So with this kind of a reprint, what are we looking at as far as cost compared to trying to go and find it on eBay or something so like that? So most of the first edition modules are about $10 for a reprint. Shipping, okay. everything to me was fourteen ninety nine for Ooh, this. Okay. Yeah, and it actually shipped from Tennessee because there's a printing press in Tennessee that they use. So I oh, think nice. they get, they always do something in-state and... Or they try to the, do it the best to keep the cost down. But yeah, the module was like... For, you know, after shipping and everything, it's like fourteen ninety nine, and you know it's cheaper than some idiot on the internet. Well, sorry guys, I don't mean to say that. Uh, some guy on the internet getting into a bidding war with me over a module that has rusty staples and pages are falling out. Hey, you did? He didn't get into a bidding war with you. You got in a bidding war with him. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> it takes two to tango, my friend. You've been in a land war in Asia. <sighs> But I do have people. I have people that that look for stuff for me, and uh, they'll they'll message me. They'll find it in like Goodwills and Salvation Armies out in the Midwest, and they'll message me, "Hey, you looking for this?" And they give me a pretty good deal on it usually. So you're kind of like Sherlock Holmes with his uh, his homeless cadre, always <laughs> combing the streets for uh, for for clues and. Yeah, well, I'm the same way though, because you know I'm in a D and D group um, on Facebook called Old School D and D, uh, and 
there's the guy that runs it. He collects Rollmaster. Mm-hmm. And so I was out with the kids uh, Friday, and we went to a used bookstore in a city over next to ours, and there were three Rollmaster books there. And I automatically sent him pictures of them and said, hey, do you need these? And he's like, yep, don't have them. And, uh, and I told him the total, and he just went ahead and shot me the money through uh, Facebook, and I went ahead and bought them for him, so I shipped them out Monday. I mean, you just got to know people, man. I got people that watch out for dice for me. I got people who know people who know people. Yeah. It's yeah. bad. I, I've got problems, people. Pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? And this 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 really links in, you know, not just with our, our clever repartee in the beginning of the episode, but this links in really well with what we're talking about, which is 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 that that old loving feeling when it comes to games. I know we've ha- we've had this topic in one way shape or form before when we talk about nostalgia. But I think what we're trying to do in this case is seeing how different forms of media do this and how well do they do it? What do gamers take away from it? And you know, what are some of the the, the highs and lows of this whole practice of a reju- rejuvenate is it reju- rejuvenation? Re- I don't uh, know the actual word for that. Gentrification. Gentrification. No, I'm kidding. No, gentrification. gentrification I'm kidding. The, I'm yeah, kidding. it's not good. <laughs> My city's currently. I mean, in some ways, it can be good. I, it, there's yeah. neighborhoods in in SoCal that actually did quite well with this with the process. But anyway, that's not that's not our topic today. So, okay, done with the archive dive. We've 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 taken a look at World of Greyhawk and just keeping in the theme of nostalgia, we're gonna go back to the future. <laughs> when we look at Wait, out. ain't it back to the past? Well, we have to go back to the past and then we can it's look towards go, the future. Yeah. So So we can see from a better perspective On the Horizon. Well, I have a very awesome on the horizon today. Really? Is it more awesome than mine? Robbie the Robot from the Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh, that is pretty good. I'm waiting for that guy to come out so I can... I, I've been saving all that long mowing money up. And I even got a paper out. <laughs> See, now I've had a paper out for a while. And I can't seem to make up enough money to be able to afford any of the games coming out. That's because I mean, you keep buying baseball cards, man. Baseball cards what? are loser, loserville right there. Get out of here. I yeah. got Jose Cruz, Kevin Bass. I got all the guys from the Astros. I know exactly uh, what I'm doing with this. Okay. All right. All right wasting that money. Yeah, that's what you say. Well, hey, you know what? You you also, you got another book. You got you got money from your mama. And 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 was able to get uh, another adventure. So, I thought you were going to run that. You're not going to run it. Well, I've been running it. What? Yeah, into the Borderlands. Is that what you're talking about? No. What? Two more horrors. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, uh, Mom saw the cover. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So I still, I gotta, I still have. I've got to go meet the, to, with the pastor about it. I still have my copy of that. My I'll run it if you want me to. I don't know. I've been reading it. It's <laughs> well, pretty dangerous, man. I heard. I heard. I heard they're they're making a sequel. Really? Yeah. What's the sequel? 
Return to Zoom Horrors. No. Uh, yeah. Just, no. Yeah, I no. heard they're working on it. It's supposed to be released in like 1992. <laughs> All right, I can't stay this young for yeah, that. It's we, just we, so we, tough. Yeah, it's so yeah. tough. If you want to get anything done today, we got to act like adults. So. <laughs> Well, no, you know, and, and that's the, here's the thing, though, is that it, what it makes me think of is it, it makes me think of that excitement when, you know, somebody in the group managed to afford, you know, this new game, whether whatever it was, a, if it was a board game or if it was, you know, another module for a game adventure, that sort of thing. And that feeling of anticipation, like, you know, oh, OK, I just I just need a few more days of mowing lawns. Or just a few more days of washing people's cars or, or doing the paper route or whatever. Nah, um, I was so the way I did it. Okay, so, so I did yeah, mode. how'd you how did you save up for that special? So that during special the summer route? I mowed yards. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um I got my first paper route and I did that for three months and then like right after that is when our local paper decided that they're gonna have morning delivery and adults are gonna have to do it. So wow. all the paper boys lost their jobs. So, um, what I would do is I would buy a bunch of games, and uh, I'd buy the the games that were on sale for like twenty bucks, like you know games like nineteen forty two stuff like that, and then yeah. I would trade. Ooh. So I lived in the projects and um, or outside the projects by this time, but it's still right next to the projects. And so there's kids in there that were you know their parents would still buying video games and stuff like that. So it's it's not that bad. So. Um, you know, I would sit there and these kids would come over and I'd be like playing 1942. He's like, oh man, this game's so awesome. Oh yeah. And they didn't realize you get that game got boring like after 15 minutes. So, uh, <laughs> and, and I'd let them play for about five minutes. Like, oh man, this is great. And I'm like, well, you know, I was thinking about getting rid of it. And, and they're like, well, you know, I've got Super Mario Bros. 3. Like, dude, you want to trade? And that's what we do is we trade video games. Wow. Yeah. So I'd always work it up. Do you want to know what my favorite Nintendo Entertainment System video game is? Uh, go ahead. Super Mario Brothers 2. That is pretty good. Yeah, and then right after that is a boy in his blob. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I was actually down here in San Diego. There's, um, well, now let me restart that. Yeah, your ethnic areas. Yeah, down in SoCal. I mean, in a lot of yeah. big cities, there's these, you know, these these you know ethnic centers of of you know culture that sort of thing. So you have your Chinatown and your Japantown and your, you know, different areas, right? Yeah. My area, there's actually one area, well, one place where um, uh, you can get a bunch of different, like you know, uh, uh, Asian related foods. So whether it's Korean, Japanese, yeah. uh, Chinese, sort of. Uh, it's sort of it's just a really great area and one of the places they have they have a place where they import um, anime products you know stuff straight from japan and so it's quite expensive but you can actually get some pretty cool versions of toys over there that you just can't get here other than just yeah. you know going on ebay or whatever and they had a whole slew of mario like super mario like one two and three plushy Oh wow! Dolls and stuff, and they had my favorite one, which is the para the 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 Koopa para Koopa Troopa. Yeah, <laughs> the turtles with the wings on them and stuff. Yeah, I was so close to buying it. It was like, oh gosh, how much? It was like forty five dollars for this thing, and the thing's like small. It's like half the size of my head. It's not yeah. even that big. But and your wife's anyway, like, I'm sorry, that was a huge. Yeah. But but it, but it's it's that it, yeah. 
it's that whole it's that whole buyback into that nostalgia feeling, right? Of like getting that feeling of you know the new thing, what's hot, and that sort of stuff. And I like you said, I remember I remember you know trying to save up for games. I was I was really super lucky that uh, a buddy of mine was um, his family was really generous, and they actually uh, gave us a, a Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh wow! Uh, so that you know I had one to play, and then he could. You know, we could, you know, compare scores and stuff like that or play two-player or whatever. And uh, and I remember after a while, my the spring broke on my Nintendo. And so I would have to take the case, you know, the little sleeve case you yeah. have for the cartridge. And you put in the cartridge, you press it down, and then you take the case and you put it in there on top of it to keep it down. So that that way uh, the game would actually play. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that, was a, that was nice. That's how I learned that I could actually play Zelda for a long time. And then if I moved around too much or I kicked the coffee table too much, it caused that sleeve to come out and the game would pop out and then I would lose all my progress. So. Did, you, did you ever find the hidden uh, secret place to hide all your extra money that your mom doesn't know about? No. Okay, on the bottom of the Nintendo, there's a thing that you can grab um, in the middle of the console. And it's mm-hmm. just weird. It just sticks out. And it was it was actually made for an accessory that never really came out in America. But mm-hmm. you could squeeze the size and pop it off. And there's a place in there you could like put a lot of money. Wow. Now I know people I used it for other things, but I would always hide it. <laughs> no, 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 just yeah. for money. Yeah, just for money. <laughs> <laughs> and and G.I. Joe gear. Yeah, so you know what, that's, that's, that's the on the horizon for us as far yeah. as just kind of looking back to look forward and uh, follow up on that, that topic that we're, we're going well, into now. Yeah, it's like, well, part of it is, you know, this past week, Stranger Things season three dropped, and if you're like me and Jeff, we've already watched it. I hadn't watched Sunday Done. night. Yeah, yeah, we're not we're not gonna spoil anything for you. Um, yeah, no spoilers. Yeah, the the cool, the, you know, and it, to me, every time I watch Stranger Things, it's like riding the nostalgia train. I was like, I remember that. Oh my gosh, I remember that. And yeah. and you know, we were talking beforehand about the mall, the Starcourt Mall, in, in the show. And the first time I ever went to the mall was like 1988, 89. <laughs> so what's it, the what's the first store that you went to? Well, okay. So the way we walked into our mall, we had two malls, okay. And the big you mall had two malls. Yeah, yeah. We had two. We had one called the Kingsport wow. Mall and then one called the Fort Henry Mall. Now the Fort Henry Mall was was the rich people mall, as Mom called it, and the yeah. Kingsport Mall was where Hills was located at. So, you know, and, you know, I didn't get to go to Fort Henry Mall a lot. We went to the Kingsport Mall. and But the Kingsport Mall, in my opinion, was a lot better because they had a better arcade. It was called the Gold Mine. Mm-hmm. And then um, we had, uh, at the Fort Henry Mall, it was Silver Dollar City, I think, if I'm remembering this right. It's a long time ago, folks. It's a little while. But they, the ice cream, there's a restaurant there called uh, Bassett's, and... They had scooped ice cream. Like, you can get a whole bunch of flavors. They had, like, six flavors. And so, like, <laughs> I was very excited about that. And the only thing that I, the big mall had was a Dairy Queen. But the cool part about that was I was addicted to orange juices and dip cones. And I still am addicted to dip cones. And my love for orange juices have grown into eating dreamsicles. So, um, yep. 
That's where it goes. Yeah, and so, but one of the first places I remember at the at the rich person mall, as I'll call it from here on out, was the first <laughs> one of the first stores was Rite Aid, the only Rite Aid we had in town. And and I remember the first time going into that store by myself. It was crazy. I've never seen a store like that before. And and so and everything you could possibly need. Yeah, and 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 you know the. The drugstore that we went to was a Refco, which eventually became CVS. And, uh, you know, and when I went in there, I was like, what in the world is this place? All these quarter machines. They had literally eight quarter machines. And it just blew my <laughs> mind as a kid. And I was like, what? You know, so anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, and, and, like, there was a store there that had an escalator in it that went down to the bottom floor. And when I got old enough to hang out at the mall by myself about two years later we would always play mall tag so that that yeah we one of us would run into that place trying to hide we shoot up the escalator we'd be on top floor nobody'd find us so (laughs) yeah so i and i remember my uh my first trip to the mall involved let's see a trip to olin mills oh Anybody here not familiar with that? You can Google it. Yes. But it's uh, where you take pictures. Portrait pictures at that. Portrait pictures with a nice, uh, fuzzy, odd-looking 80s glow around yeah. it. Yeah. And they do that at Sears and JCPenney's. Yeah. Yeah. So we had that. That was like part of the first visit. So I it, I didn't have a fond memory of the first visit up until that point. But afterwards, my my mother took us over to – or not us, uh, sorry – after that, my mom took me to um, to an ice cream place. Nice. And uh, we had a little bit of ice cream. I'm trying to remember if it was a, gosh, was it an, a Farrell's or was it, I can't remember the name of the place. Again, age claiming my memory. <laughs> Every new thing I learn now, kids, I forget part of my childhood. Yes. So just remember that. But uh, so we did that. But then there was an arcade that was there. And I remember that was the first time I saw Golden Axe. Yeah. And I was able to play that for a little while and then uh, had to go because I didn't last very long. And my mom wasn't going to wait that long for me <laughs> to try and play some more. So yeah. we left. But, you know, it, as you as you get older, that's that's that kind of gathering point for the mall. We had kind of we had like a couple of gradations of malls. I grew up in Houston, so there was one was the Galleria, which is oh, like yeah, that was I've the high there. that was the highfalutin mall. Yeah, because that because that was across the way from the Summit, which is where the Houston Rockets would play. So that you had to be real fancy pants to get down there and play that um, play that game. And so there was that mall, and then we had a couple that were uh, that were further south. But uh, but yeah, I remember that fondly. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, you know what? And there's with the with the whole idea of Stranger Things, uh, the, the the feeling that you get, and I think we can kind of talk a little bit about season two. So yeah. if you guys haven't seen season two, give us just like maybe about five to ten minutes, and we'll probably be done talking about it, so you can skip forward. But yeah. um, a little bit of spoilery stuff for season two. Um, but I think what's what they're really good at, and I've I I, I see it in season three. But more focused in season two is the the camaraderie that was part of that childhood 
right, of, of having friends like that. They were very protective of Will after all the what had happened. Um, right. You know, and, and the, I guess that season two is them trying to get back to normal on a lot of stuff and work things out. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that they achieved that to point into season three. The only thing I will talk about season three, and you've probably already seen the D&D meme about this, is all Will wanted to do throughout the entire season was play D&D. Won't somebody play D and D with Will? I I know for like three episodes. It's all he was, over the place. That was quick. That meme came out yeah. fast. And but the thing is, it hits hard. That hits hard at home. The D and D meme, and so and 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 part of that is that Will had a bad trauma in season one. Season two, that trauma was still there. So. And it even got worse. Season three, he's dealing with this trauma. And so he's going back and reverting himself back to a point where they just had fun and played games. And that's all he wanted to do. That was his safe place. Right. Yeah. And and, and, and so that's, you know, when stuff was going on, it's like, can we just play D&D? You know? And it wasn't like crazy stuff either. It was just the boys were venturing into unknown territory. Girls. And and that was it, and and I'm not giving away any of the story with this, but you know that Will was afraid of that. And this is and this is the thing, and and kind of talking about nostalgia as an overall topic, the you know how it's good, how it can be bad. I think some of the ways where it can be good, and and how we we can use the show as an example, is the it, it it's how it reaches back and it reengages those memories in in such a way that it makes it specific to a time right because yeah. you're you're evoking the 80s nostalgia and and I and I get that that's a it's a it's a fun time for it to be a kid in that time because you're 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 you've got all the music you've got the colorful toys and you know that's when like you know mass marketing of toys really just launched hey man you know, D&D is there I mean it's just it's a crazy time to be a kid yeah and but the thing is, is that you can take that feeling, the way they wrote it, the way they produced, they, they, the, you know, the actors brought this out, the way the interactions were done. You could put that any in any time frame, you know, because it's it's evoking the, and this is where it's good, it's evoking that feeling of camaraderie. It's evoking that feeling of, you know, we can we can just think about today. Right. Yeah. We could just think about today. We don't have to worry about the things that happened before. We don't have to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. We just we're just here right now. It's yeah. it's that time period. And and I think it, a lot of times, like in season two, you, you you see some of the things that they're going through, like really heavy stuff, you know, like Will being embodied by the the, the mind flayer. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, there's these points where the kids just act like kids. Right. Yeah. They they default back to okay, this is right now. Trick or treating this is here yeah. right now. Yeah. Trick or treating, whatever, right? Exactly. And there's a point in time that I think as an adult that you would love to be able to I don't want to say compartmentalize because it means that you're just disassociating from it and saying that it's not important, but you're just saying that, you know what, I can take some time to heal myself by enjoying something and then not think about the other thing I'm trying to heal myself from. Right. And and part you know, that that's you know, as as everybody knows here, I suffer from depression. 
And it, it's, it's a heavy hitter for me. And, you know, I go to a counselor for it and I take medication for it. And so, like, one of the things with that is, like, when the world overwhelms you, step away. That's part of it. See, and, and, you know, like, the thing about it is, you know, I remember the first time I went to the psychiatrist. And I, I don't care to talk about this, people. If you ask me, I'll, I'll talk to you about it all day long. And I said, I just want my general level of happiness to be higher than what it is. And he was like, okay, so the first thing he said was, I don't trust happy people. That's literally the first thing he said. He said, if people are happy all the time, they're hiding something. He said, happiness is just an emotion just as sadness is. It's just that you have to figure out what triggers your happiness. And there's some times that you stay so far away from your happy things that trigger your happiness that you have to figure out a way to get back to them, whether it is spending time with the family or you know, playing games with your kids or your wife or, you know, watching a crazy, silly movie, you know. And mm-hmm. and he helped me identify some of those things in my life. And, you know, as I was telling you the other day, I like the feeling of completion when I complete a project. Right. So, and when I don't complete a project is when I really, like, if I've got a huge honking project that I'm working on at work, and it's just, you know, I'm running into dead ends and dead ends and dead ends, that's when I start getting down and you know, then I might have a little success and boom, I'm back on cloud nine again. And so like, it's one of the things is I like working help tickets sometimes. And, and so like, I'll take a break from, you know, working on an application and developing and fix something for somebody else. So I have that little moment where I'm like, Oh yeah, I fixed something. It's awesome. Everybody's happy. I did something. So that's one of the things I do or, you know, now we're getting to a point with me and my coworker who shares an office is in the afternoons, you know, about two o'clock when the day's dragged and we're both stressed out and all of a sudden he'll start rolling a D20. And that's when I pull up a map that I've got and his character's stuck in one of the rooms of that map and I'll work him through another room of that map and we do some one-on-one D&D for about 10 minutes. Of course, he's mad at me because I killed his character yesterday. But still, that's just what we do. <laughs> just killing characters. That's yep. all we're doing. And and that's and that's again that kind of reaches towards the the idea of what how how nostalgia can can be good. Yeah. Because a lot of times, and hey, I'm I'll I'm right there with you right now. I'm I'm embarking on that journey of dealing with depression and anxiety right now, and. I've, you know, just had a my first session with a psychiatrist to kind of work through, you know, what what kind of things I need to do, you know, as as um, you know, mental exercises and then, you know, physical needs as well as far as, you know, medication and that sort of thing. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things that and I think therapy helps with in those cases is again trying to find find those things that that does trigger your happiness, does trigger some sadness, that sort of thing. It's okay to have those emotions. It's for me, and, and maybe my difference in in how I uh, how I'm kind of looking towards getting to a, a better place in my life, is I want to have a better starting point when yeah. it comes to whatever occurs in my life day to day. I want to be able to start from zero, not like negative thirty, right? Know, or, yeah, or, or or you know something like that. So and you'll get there. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's it's going to take time, and and then it'll be a journey. And I'm I'm glad to share that with you, Daniel, just because you've been such a good friend with this, and I'm I'm perfectly comfortable talking about it on air, just simply because I know there's people out there who also deal with it. So, you know, and and I think things like nostalgia help with these situations because you can reach back and find some good memories. There's there's obviously a mixed bag there, but there are some of those things like going to the mall and suffering through a, a, a session at Olin Mills, at, but then getting some ice cream and then playing some Golden Axe. You know, there's there's that part. So, I mean, nostalgia is great. I mean, except when your kids ruin it, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Hero Quest. Oh, <laughs> shut up. Oh, gosh. Oh, my Lord. There's some uh, trauma. There's uh, some trauma. But you got you to gotta pull nostalgia <laughs> out from certain things. So, like, when... Sure. Kids didn't like Hero Quest, but you know who did? Sean. Yeah. And I took I took it to when I first got it. I took it, I, you know played with the kids. Kids hated it. Boxed it up. Um, then took it to Gary Con, and I got to play yep. with Sean. And then I brought it back home. Kids wouldn't touch it. Well, you know, I passed it on to Sean. The next Gary Con, I said, "This is yours now." You know, we we he did give me money for it. I didn't just give it over to him. But the uh <laughs> We had so, that argument before. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so and that's what happened. You know, I, I passed that on to Sean. And then um but you know, D and D. My kids enjoy D and D. My daughter pretends she doesn't enjoy D and D, but I found out that she's been asking all her friends to play with her and they keep telling her no. And so uh-huh. and and you know, I, I just told her, I said, You can't make gamers out of people. You can make friends out of gamers, but not friends into gamers. It just doesn't work that way. So, um, you know, and she enjoys it. Now my wife enjoys it, but that's something I enjoyed from my childhood. So I'm now, you know, it, it sparks it up. That's when I pull out and the stuff. So, oh, we're having a D&D night. Well, I'm going to make brownies. I'm going to make homemade pizza. I'm going to go get us a two liter of Mountain Dew. And we're just going to have a party and play D&D. And, you know, and I can let them experience those classical, you know, or modules like Greyhawk or like me and you and TR are running through all of the ape right now. I mean, stuff like that. I mean, it's great. And and it and it's it's just if I could pass the good nostalgia down to the children, then you know it yeah. yeah. But then there's negative nostalgia too. And 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 you know, when I was a kid or, you know, back in my day, those when somebody makes those comments like that, that's, you know, when something negative is getting ready to happen. Yeah, because you don't want to you don't want to sit there and sit on the idea that your childhood is somehow better than the new generation's childhood or yeah. the, the following generation. You want to in, a, in the good ways that nostalgia can serve us and yeah. one another, it's to say, Hey, you know what? My thing back then was Legend of Zelda, you know, and sticking that sleeve into the Nintendo yeah. and hoping it stuck there for the time that I was playing. What's what's that kind of feeling that you get as a kid, you know, as you're talking to your child or your yeah. grandchild or whoever? It's, yeah. it's finding that feeling that 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 just like just kicks you right in the fun. All right. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and and you, know, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit about the bad. Well, yeah, there's there's the bad part too. So yeah, like you were talking about, you were saying like when when you reach back to the nostalgia time, yeah. My dad was a person that lived in the past, okay, 
And so, like, our, he always told this one story um, whenever we drove by his old home where he grew up. He's like, I remember when I was 13, and they were just segre- uh, desegregating this high school over here. And I was like, okay. He said, I remember sitting here and um, with my slingshot shooting rocks over at the black kids. And that's exactly what my dad said because he was upset over desegregation of the high school. And, and so that is a bad form of nostalgia. You know, he's reiterating that that's what passes down bad things to the younger generations. If you, as being a dad, um, you know, we've, we've, in our home, we've had lots of people live with us. You know, we've taken in lots of people um, of many different uh, ethnic backgrounds. And, um, you know, and the one thing I've always noticed about my children is there's no hate there. There's there's nothing there that would keep them from playing with that other child. And so for me, those hate that hate is a a, a bad trait learned through parents and through nostalgia. And and nostalgia has a has it feels like it has a positive thing to it because we always use it, but people look back on certain periods like that and well back back then we had two different water fountains, you know, I mean, stuff like that. I, I, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to pass that to my kids. Why would I want to pass the negative stuff to my children? And so like, I, you know, I find myself biting my tongue on stuff and it's nothing like that. It's, it's stuff that got passed down to me about like my weight and you know, my, as I'm a lazy person, I'll tell you that I'm straight up lazy. Um, <laughs> you know, I try not to pass that idea that my kids are lazy down to them. You know, mm-hmm. I hope I never pass any of my bad traits down or my bad memories that I had when I was growing up. And I always like to remind them of where we came from, but I, I don't want to leave them with any bad scars or any bad things that I had. But there's also that other thing, and we have mentioned it a couple times here before on the podcast, gatekeeping. Right, yeah, the idea that you're saying... Because I lived in a certain time period or played a certain yep. game or or played it a certain way, that means that my it's my way or the highway. Right. Um, we're we're seeing that in multiple directions nowadays. Yeah, right? yeah, and it's so weird. So like, growing up for me, I only played D and D one time in the comic store when I was growing up. Okay, we quickly formed a group. Our group was very inclusive. We let anybody play in our group that wanted to play in our group. Our group played at in high school at the our breakfast table. We met an hour before school, played D and D every day. So that would be like a one week session of five hours, and that's just how we rolled. Get it? <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, and, and 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 you know, learning that a lot of groups didn't really play at, in comic shops a lot. It was, they would always play in each other's homes with their friends and things like that. D&D, from what I've understood it, has been, to me, a very inclusive game. Um, you see all sorts of people play this game. But it's getting a lot of bad press lately. And, you know, and d is precious to me. It really is. But there's some things that can change. I understand that. Um, I've been hanging out a lot in the old world that we would call grognards, okay? You know, and part of that is falling in love 
back in love with first edition, second edition Dungeons and Dragons. I, you know, I still play fifth edition. Um, I do have house rules. There's certain races you can't play in my house, and I, I prefer certain uh, alignment types. But I won't keep somebody from being an evil character. And so, but the uh, you know, to me, that's another nostalgia thing because everybody wants to be good. Everybody needs to be an elf or a dwarf or a halfling or a human or a half elf. That's it. That's the races I enjoy having in my house. Right. You know, maybe a half orc. I'll let that swing. I, I don't like Dragonborn. Don't like Tiefling. To me, those are races we kill. Tabaxi. We kill those. And and, and so that's... Well, anyway, back to the old school. Oh, <laughs> well, that's so. reaching back to the old school. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway. So, and I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. If anybody wants to email me about it, it's daniel at inroadsministries.com. I'll listen to your hate all day long. It's fine. But I do enjoy 5th edition rules. It's easy to run, easy to play. But you're getting a lot of these older players now, and they're seeing all these articles come out about, um, you know, D&D needs to be more inclusive, D&D needs to do this, D&D needs to do that. And they're getting their feelings hurt because, you know, they are older. They're A lot of them are in their fi- late 50s and 60s. But they believe in their whole heart that they have always been inclusive. Okay. And, and, but now they're starting to get upset with the newer additions. And the reasons, reasons for this is that they're, they're, they're putting in rules. And I've talked about this before um, to people as well. Like sexual alignment in D&D, 5th edition. It's in there. They get upset over that. And it's like, it's just a game. Why do we even care about this? And I think, and I, and I actually talked to uh, Derek about it. And he said, Daniel, man, you, you and me both know that you could always, because we've been playing since day one. We played before that you, we had access to video games like we do. And we knew for a fact that we could be anybody we wanted to be. We could do anything that we wanted to do in D&D. But these kids that are now starting to play Dungeons and Dragons don't know that. Because they have grown up playing video games. And your character is this. Video games don't go into sexual orientation. They don't go into different things about race and stuff like that. Uh, outside of different games. You know, if I'm talking outside of like fantasy games and stuff. And so, like, we they put rules in there for a reason. For that, to let people know that they have this ability to be whatever they want to be. And that's a great thing. But we've got a group of people, older people, that are getting upset. Because now they're starting to feel like, but we were inclusive. But why are you saying we're not inclusive? Why are you treating us this way? Because we welcome everybody at our table to play our game. We always have. Well, a lot of it, a lot of what I'm hearing from that is the... It's the... It's the effect of the ones who are shouting the loudest, right? Right, and there's it's a lot of like that. the what's the what's the name of that group of um, like deep Baptists, like I almost want to say evil Baptists or like uh, anti paladins, like the Westboro Baptists. Oh I yeah, think, yeah. You know, Where they, I'll, you know, it you yeah. have that's an extreme example of this, but then you yeah. have like you know certain people who view Christians as being complete alt right. Yeah. You know, crazy, almost Nazi-like, 
But then, like, you, you, in this kind of scenario, in this situation, you hear from some of the old school gamers who are out there just, you know, shouting to the rafters, like, you know, this shouldn't be this way. This should be this way. Women are this way. This is why they have rules for women in yeah. first edition, that kind of thing. Those are the ones that are shouting the loudest and drawing the most attention. However, people like us or, or some of the other old school gamers are out there saying, well, we never played our game with a lack of inclusivity. Right. right? It right. was just... It's inherent in there that you can be whatever you want. It's stupid stuff they get in arguments over, too. Like, okay, when we think of a great sword, because we've been playing for a long time, we think well, of something... it's not that great. Well, we think of something like the size of a claymore. Sure. Right? right? Yeah. Well, nowadays, because kids played video games and they got used to Final Fantasy, to them, a great sword's twice their height and three times their body weight. And, and I mean, <laughs> that's how they draw it. And, and and so they don't understand that, that a lot of thought went into some of the original artwork in Dungeons and Dragons. They would actually look at old medieval swords. They would actually go to, uh, you know, where Society of Creative Anachronism did. And, and a lot of these older designers are feeling a little upset over some of the artwork and stuff that's coming out. As far as like just for the weapons, I've 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 watched so many people rant and rave about. Oh my gosh, who could carry the just because you can, per the rules, you can dual wield pole arms doesn't mean you should. <laughs> <laughs> it looks pretty awesome, man. I, it there looks was pretty cool. An argument over this, and <laughs> and I'm like, you know, it, it's frustrating. But then we're getting it from the other side now too, you know, and you know, there's a lot of name calling back and forth, and that and it just it doesn't solve anything. No, it doesn't, and 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 and, and truly. What everybody just wants to do is sit down and play a friggin' game. That's yeah. it. They're fighting over a game. Yeah. I mean, okay, I would be upset if D&D quit existing right now, but you know what? I would still live. You know, that's just part. I, and, 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 you know, I knew, I'll tell you this. And you've bought enough of the old games that you could still play it. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying <laughs> is, though, like, I I understand that for a lot of the non-cisgender people D was a way for them to escape and be who they really were for a long time yeah and and i understand that and that's your nostalgia and i'm not ever going to take that away from you but um yeah we need we just need to come to an agreement down the road i mean on some of this stuff i mean it, it's getting it's getting kind of bad I, I read a story the other day which i you know i don't have any reason not to believe it but a guy running first edition D was asked to leave a game store and was banned from the game store because um he was running a first edition and somebody who'd never played first edition sat down and said can i play and they're like yeah and she got upset because she couldn't play a tiefling and he said well this isn't for fifth edition this is first edition and first edition is the edition that we play, and you can't be that race, right? It's not. It's not covered in the rules. There's and knowing what first edition is, how much rules there are. Tieflings didn't even show up till second edition. And I think that right. was when they uh, the Dark Sun was it Dark Sun that they came out or Planeswalkers? Planeswalkers. You know what I mean? I, you know, you know. I, I, it's it's one of the yeah, offshoots. Yeah, yeah. And after that, she started just watching everything he said. And the moment he said something that was offensive to her, she went to the store owner. And the store owner said, I'm sorry, man, I can't let you play here anymore. It's sad that that happened, but it's almost like everybody walks around with a chip on their shoulder. Because they want, like, one group always wants to find offense. One group just wants to always play a game. And, and, and so, and it's, and it's not one group is always one and one's the other. It's vice versa. 
I know people that are just on both sides of the, the aisle that just want to get upset over this, and there's no reason to because, it, again, it's just a game. But what they need to do is sit down and play the game. Just sit down and, and be with each other. And, and like, I've always said this. At my table, everybody is welcome. I ask that you leave any politics at the door and leave any vulgarity at the door because I have children that play this game with me. And so I don't care who you are. I will make sure you stay as safe as you can be. I will make sure you have the best time that you can be, you can have at my table. And I said that, but that's my only rules at playing at my table is is not including my house rules, but is that you just leave any politics at the door and yeah, we got to talk about that one rule about not wearing plaid. I I don't understand that. Well, what about the hats? Mike would be very yeah. upset over that. But just yeah. be be there, play the game, and enjoy yourself. Don't find reasons to be upset. And if more people did that, there would be more people reaching across the aisle shaking hands and making friends because the moment that we actually get to know somebody that's when people start to build that bridge and make friendships well and the other thing too is that as you as you build that bridge those kinds of topics can come up and you can yeah. talk about it and share about it from a standpoint of hey we've you know we've we've shared some time together let's you know let's talk about the deeper meanings of life oh yeah and and that and that's the other thing too is that with when you're spending so much time wanting to argue wanting to 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 make sure that your voice is the loudest it's less time that you can spend kind of creating those nostalgic moments in yeah. in your in your playtime in in these types of games in these types of situations and that's i think that's i really think that with with this kind of revamp of games or or media I think it kind of is trying to reach back to that time when it was okay to be, you know, just a bunch of kids hanging out. Right? And there, there's reasoning for that. When D&D was being designed, do you know who they reached out to design D&D? Kids. No. Dogs. No, the old school people. They reached out to them. They They were trying to recreate the feeling that you got in first and second edition that first time you're talking about up. Fi- you're talking about fifth edition right? yeah i'm talking about fifth edition and and that's one of the reasons why they revisited all the old um modules that really just made the way and i mean like you know they look at it we that's ravenloft the first two ravenloft books right there almost um so ghost of Saltmarsh just you know got released that that was an awesome book uh tales from the Yanni portal that's that's modules from first, second, third, and fourth. Yeah, you know, and 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 it's just the great, really small modules. Uh, we got what Tomb of Annihilation now, and that's that right there is kind of a dumbed down version of. You know, you were telling me the other day, it's like it's a dumbed down <laughs> version. Got of some, Tomb it's of got Horrors. some variations of Tomb of Horrors at the very end. Yeah, yeah but well, and and this this is the this is the thing that we we try and chase through the arguments through this time and this era that we have right now, which seems like there's an argument around every corner. It's, it's like, you know, all the times you're like wandering in a dungeon, you're worried about skeletons and goblins and stuff. We're worried about arguments now that we have to to have to field those things. And so it reaching back to that nostalgia feeling, I think is it's just people crave it. Yeah. And and, and, seriously crave it. 
it feels like it's a, a more wholesome part of life. Yeah. Yeah, I, I look and, that, and not from a, not from a standpoint of like oh I remember in old times and old days. It's it's actually just reaching for that feeling. Yeah, it's that it, feeling. Right. Like like with me, it's like you know I always make the joke at Gary Collins like there's Tim Cast you know rolling up on his scooter going you kids get out of my dang dungeon you know but <laughs> but like when I remember you actually pushed me out of the way of that car. I mean I was uh, close. yeah I was he's 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 aggressive with that thing. I will tell you that. Yeah. And this is where the nostalgia comes from for me. I see my kids. My daughter's always on her phone. She's always got headphones in. Um, I could see that. I see myself in that when walking around with my my Sony Disman that I got off some guy because it skipped <laughs> and you couldn't do anything. Laying on the couch listening to music. The only album I had on CD was uh, what was that? Um, uh, I can't remember. It's in my. I've got it in my playlist. But Def Leppard Hysteria. No, one of their songs was Tennessee. <laughs> the other one was Mr. Wendell. <laughs> anyway, you know who I'm talking about. Um, I do. And uh, so, but like, <laughs> okay, no, no, I'm not gonna say it. But no. but yeah, so like, you know, the, I see that. But my son, he sits for hours and hours and hours at the computer, and and on tablets and screens playing Fortnite. But I see myself in that too because when I had sure. a, when I first got my first computer, I would literally get off work at Burger King. And, and at one o'clock in the morning, I would, my friend had his own personal phone line in his bedroom and, um, I would call him and I said, you ready? And he would be like, let me go take my mom and dad's phone off the hook. And then, <laughs> and then we would, I would dial into his home, his computer and we would play Doom and Doom 2 oh, and Hexen no. and Heretic all night long until like six or seven o'clock in the morning and then i would pass out and miss church that morning oh no <laughs> i remember i remember going to my friend's house and playing wing commander that was what i remember playing <laughs> i started thinking though yeah wing commander oh, i hated that game oh, i love this so much stupid line talking things and ah mark hamill uh, i remember there will be gnashing of teeth <laughs> but we um you know, I see my kids and I start to think, it's like, they're spending too much time on these devices. And and I start to think about when we, I was a kid in the 80s and early 90s, I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't yeah. spend all this time. And that's when I try to get them to unplug and stuff like that. You know, and I will go on and on about this. This is a topic that you don't want me to go on is about nostalgia because my kids can't stand that. I remember when that right there used to be. Kenny Rogers chicken and that over there used to be the Chinese buffet. You know, my kids can't stand that. I, I, I've been doing that for the last 10 years and I'm only 40. Well, you know what? Let's okay. Let's take a moment here and we'll kind of like speedily but gracefully make the turn. Okay. And, 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 and kind of bring this home a little bit. The because I mean, there's there's so many examples of how nostalgia is is rampant in our culture right now and and how it's you know it can be appropriated for all sorts of things you know from politicians using songs that they have no business using to the you know to i don't know the movie battleship or or, you know where it's it's used for blatant evil but there's 
there's a passage that there's a passage that I was thinking about numbers 14 1 through 4 yeah and it talks about this is this is a period of time after the exodus after the the hebrews have been rescued by the lord you know you have the famous scene where you know moses is going to you know part the red sea and 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 take and takes them out but they've been wandering for so long in the desert they're hungry they're starving and all of the Israelites, you know, his, this is part of the passage here. All of the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us this to this land only to let us fall by the sword? And then and they go on later to say, we should, we, Wouldn't it have been better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. And... Some the, here's here's how I'm going to tie this in. So it'll be a little bit of a stretch. So stretch with me, like all the stretch Armstrongs out there. <laughs> but here's where I'm going to tie this back: is that sometimes we look back into the past to grab hold of nostalgia, thinking that sometimes those times were better than they are now. Right? That we could go back to those times and recapture. A moment, however fleeting, that would make things better now, to make things like they were back then and make them now. And it's tough. It's tough to do that. Media is trying to do it. Games are trying to do it. We ourselves are trying to do it when we try and go back in time. You know, we were sitting there, opened up the show with with talk of arcade games and Ash pretending to be kids again. I mean, we pretty much aren't just grown kids right now but (laughs) the (laughs) but we we have to be cautious with this at the same time because when it comes into a mixture like what we were talking about earlier what you're what you've you've made some really good points on is the idea of thinking that the past is better than the present in such a way that we don't want to try and make the present better right Right. We lose ourselves in the nostalgia and then all of a sudden it becomes our argument point. And we're arguing from a stance, a, a place that can never be again. Right. Unless we actually use a time machine or, or whatever to try and make things happen. It, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. But what we can do is we can bring we can bring those feelings that we had from that time to the now. And we can do that by looking just what you were talking about, looking at your kids and seeing like, you know, they're on their devices they're doing that. In some cases, yeah, we're too plugged in. I can agree with that. And and that's not even being an old guy. That's just looking at it from the idea that we separate from each other sometimes when we get too plugged in. But at the same time, I can remember somehow being able to take a Wheel of Time novel and walking home from school and reading while I'm walking. Yeah. You know. And almost, almost getting run over by a car because I'm too focused on reading. Me, it was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and the bus ride there home from go. school. There you go. You know, missing your bus stop or whatever, right? And so it's we, we've done those things. Those are generational things. It happens. But at the same time, there's that moment where, you know, we're, you know, Randolph Thor wielding the, wielding the magical sword. We're... You know, we're, we're the guy with the hand towel, you know, skipping across the universe trying to find the secret to, to all the world and, and its yeah. mean, universe and its meaning. It's bath towel, man. It's, it's bath towel. towel. Sorry, bath towel. Sorry. Hand Gosh, towel. Get it towel. You're thinking of bath towel. It's for prefect, not perfect. Hey, from Texas, it's a, it's, a, it's a hand towel. A bath towel. Anyway, so the the thing is, is that it's it's those feelings that we need to hold on to. 
because you can you can wander. Here's where I'm tying it back into. You can be in Egypt and think about the time, or you can remember Egypt and think about the times where at least I had a full belly, even though yeah. I was eating you know hor- you know rotten garlic and onions and or whatever. Or you can think about the fact that yeah, I know I'm in a desert right now. I'm having troubles. I'm you know I'm de- I'm feeling depression, but there are certain aspects of the life that I'm existing in right now that I'm living in right now yeah. that I can find joy in. You know, like for you, it's 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 your family have taking up an interest in in a hobby that you've loved most of your life, and now you're bringing the the new generation of that hobby, this fifth edition, to them, and they're they're enjoying it. Um, you know, for me, it's uh, it's 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 listening to listening to old music and mixing it with some of the games that I play. You know, and having some younger kids that are playing in my games, enjoying that. Which I stole from you the other day. <laughs> that's fine so it's it's those kinds of things where we're looking for that feeling right we're looking for that feeling that brings us the joy that we're going to remember for a lifetime and no matter how far away you move from it or the or the distance of time or, or physical space it's not going to change that feeling that was captured at that time and that's what we need to be the business about sharing when we get around the table when we when we play these games with each other you know whether it's a you know a, a game of Hero Quest or whether it's a game of D and D or or playing 1942 or, yeah. or 1941. Or, I mean it's 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 whatever that is or watching Stranger Things together. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's just recapturing that feeling and or creating that feeling anew. I should say creating that feeling anew. So um, I think we we went a, well, we we're not too far. We didn't go too long. A little bit, right. but not, not too bad. But I, 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 I just do want to iterate something. And if I came across, no, I've already was like coming no, up on no, the close. No, 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 you can't close, can't close. I just want to tell everybody I love everyone, and and just everybody's welcome at my table, no matter what. Amen. That's the only way to play, dude. Yeah, That's the I only mean, way to play. Yeah, you can't get the full experience and let i mean if everybody was in your little bubble and was in your echo chamber then you're not going to have fun because you're just going to hear yourself over and over and over again that's why you have to have different people you have to have those weird people you have to have those non-weird people and that's just the only way to make a good game you know it would be would be fun is gathering up people from all walks of life who have seen Stranger Things or movies similar to that, you know, like Stand By Me or whatever. Yeah. And and you 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 pull them and you say, what was the thing in your past in your childhood that brought about this feeling? Happy right? days. Not the not the feeling of being chased by Mind Flayer or Demogorgon, but but the feeling <laughs> feeling of of those kids around that table, right? What's that feeling? And you know what's what's interesting about that is with our hobby. It doesn't matter what age you are. Sometimes you can recapture that feeling around the table. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever time period you've lived in, whatever uh, history you bring to the table, you, you, you get to share that with each other. And you get to rest in the comfort of knowing that God is the game master. And no matter how the dice fall, the game plays on. <laughs>